Oh, that's right. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick. I'm your host. I'm here. The last episode was 10 days ago. Am I putting this out every week? Not exactly. I'm trying. To the person on Facebook who said, fix your podcast and gave me a cryptic answer. As to what may be broken about this podcast, I don't know. Starting it off with beef. I'm going to say is I'm trying my best. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm trying my best, all right? And if you got a problem with that, you can put your whole damn self in something we back in the day used to call the circular file, which is a trash can. Put yourself in a trash can. That's right, friends. I'm, I'm in a beefing mood. I'm feeling beefy. Feeling like doing beef. Of course, just to get a little housekeeping out of the way, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly, a podcast I've been doing for a long fucking time. And I'm proud of it. Okay? Okay? It's won a few Emmys. Daytime Emmys. Dream Emmys that were won in dreams. Daydream Emmys. Emmys? Daydream Emmys. Emmys that were won during daydreams. You can write the pod. Weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Nick Flanagan Weekly on the socials. Follow me on X. How's X going for everybody? Oh boy. X. So yeah, I'm all beefed up right now. Because I've just listened to a diss track. I told you the last episode, I decided to lay off talking about it. Because I hadn't listened to the whole thing. But I listened to Melly Mel, uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel of the Furious Five, one of the architects of hip-hop, one of the inventors, MC of the classic songs, White Lines, New York, New York, The Message, The Message 2. Beat Street. And it goes on. This guy's classic. Look, I'm biased, okay? You know, I got into rap. Next thing you know, I'm interviewing this guy, Melly Mel. Like, ages ago now. 17, 18 years ago. He did a phone interview with me, and he gave me a lot of his time, and it was for an event that was, it was an article that was going to be very small, and he talked to me for like an hour. So, you know, I got a positive feeling towards Melly Mel, and even before all that, I always just thought, wow, this guy was like, trying to do something poetic in his raps, which I really appreciated. Anyway, as Melly Mel has gotten older... Grandmaster Melly Mel, happy 50th anniversary, hip-hop, by the way. Hip-hop, you're older than me. Hip-hop, you're older than Ron DeSantis. But anyway, Melly Mel, 
over the years has gotten very testy. He doesn't like a what a lot of the young whippersnappers are doing with rap and hip hop. And you know, he's he's been more ever since the internet got into a thing, you know, he's 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 able to express himself publicly more. He's very muscular. So good for him, keeping fit. I could learn a thing or two. But his interviews uh, lately have gotten some attention because he said he didn't think Eminem should be in a top five conversation in this whole conversation of who are the top five best rappers. Because he's a white guy, he's not of the culture, and if you were black, there's a million other black MCs who were as good as him. And then he said, like, that guy Royce. But he didn't get Royce the Five Nimes name right. He called him, like, Royce 59 or something. So he said this guy, he didn't even know the name of Royce. He said he was as good as Eminem. So I don't know how researched Melly Mel, Grandmaster Melly Mel of the Furious Five. I don't know how much research he did before going off on the mic. He said this about Eminem, and look, hey. Hey, I got no horse in this game. I'm a huge longtime fan of hip hop. But I'm not going to go saying that the Melly Mel can't have this opinion. I'm not going to say anyone can't have this opinion. Much less this, like, 60 year old dude who was there when hip hop started or whatever. But then Eminem, as he always does, put out some verse and mentioned Melly Mel. He didn't even go that hard on Melly Mel. He just said that, basically, he claimed that he made a joke that steroids have destroyed Melly Mel's brain, basically. And immediately, Melly Mel puts out a song called Kickback. And I started listening to it, and I have heard Melly Mel rap over the last few years. I knew what to expect. He's not quite the same guy as uh, The Message, you know? It's not done slowly. You know, the tempo's up. And this is what trips up so many old rappers, in my opinion. You know, legend rappers from the, whose style was always like a certain tempo and a certain cadence. They flip it around, and because it doesn't sound like their iconic style, it's hard to accept it, whether or not it's good. Um, but Mel, so Melly Mel's had this weird kind of like hyperactive flow for a while. And, uh, then he goes off on, on Eminem on this song kickback and was really priming everyone about it. But like, you know, that, the, what would you call it? The, um, the reaction to this is going to be pretty predictable. Eminem, for whatever reason, much like people like Busta Rhymes or whatever, or Nas, there's lots of rappers as they age, especially from the generation that began in like the 90s, who uh, seem to be really good at, at uh, just honing, keeping their style a little honed. So Eminem, so, so, so you know, Eminem does a verse, he says they lost it to... Steroids, and then Melly Mel is like, "Here's my response." He puts it out like three days later. It's very fast, very impressive. I thought it was impressive, and then I checked out the song, 
everyone already trying to find the song online. It's all people being like, oh, no, it's all reaction videos. I can't even find the song, which is called Kickback. And I did just listen to it right before coming on the podcast. On the mic, before hitting the mic. Song's called Kickback. Is a very short song. <laughs> it's shorter than, you know, a lot of hardcore songs. It's a minute 16. That's really short. I don't know why he made such a short song. Unless I'm missing something and there's more. But, like, it looked like that was the whole song. A minute 16. It's not enough, Melly Mel. You're not gonna... You gotta do it like Tupac style, where he does one verse and he goes, No, I don't even care, so I'm just gonna get my friends to say a rap about Biggie. Melly Mel should have been like, Eminem, I don't even have time for you after a minute 15. I would now like to bring Cowboy, R.I.P., um, Scorpio, and the other guys to rap about you. But he didn't. So all we got was a minute 16. And that was kind of the thing. When I first heard what I thought was... I guess I had heard the song before because I thought it was a snippet before. I listened to it. I'm like, well, that's not that bad. I, I understand where he's coming from. You know, he's got, like, insults that are definitely old-timey. And I don't mean that insultingly. It sounds insulting. Melly Mel, I love you. Marry me. Platonically, stylistically, but he says you'd be embarrassed like you like a you, you a roach just crawled out of your book bag. That would be embarrassing. But I don't know, man. Does anyone know what a? I've barely. I didn't even really know what a book bag was in the nineteen eighties. Over here, we call it. A backpack over here in Canada. But everybody was hating on Melly Mel like it was super embarrassing. And I say no. He did what he could. He responded quickly. He did do something weird, though. After this. A song came out. The next day, he, like, apologized publicly. In this very kind of classy, measured Message on Instagram, he said, I may have approached this the wrong way. You are open to having any opinions you have, and I was in no way trying to underrate Eminem as an MC, which is, by the way, I'm editorializing here, that's short for Master of Ceremonies. So, it's kind of a little pointless to... Uh, delve too deep into this beef when Melly Mel apologized almost as soon as he released the diss song. But I will say, give it a listen, kick back. And then I guess wherever Eminem's verse, it's literally Eminem says like four things. For the amount of stuff Eminem said, Eminem said in response to Melly Mel, it's not crazy he would put out a minute 16 song to answer this is what they would call this is what they call in hip-hop a tempest in a teapot 
Melly Mel's great. Eminem's solid. They should be friends. Happy birthday, hip hop. Happy birthday, Mr. C. I'm recording this on Mr. C's birthday. He's Big Daddy Kane's DJ. Had a lot to do with the the first Biggie Smalls album, and he's got an interesting backstory. Mr. C, look up Mr. C. He's been up to stuff. He's let's say he's helped hip hop become a bit more progressive, Mr. C. Um, yeah, so that's my take on kickback. The Melly Mel thing. He says, I'm going to get you. You sound like you're popping pills again. Pill Gates. Pill Clinton. This is my kind of wordplay. I got no problem with it. Oh, my God. Then the other thing happened. The other thing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. The guy with the red orange beard. And then he's in this very uh, uh, what would you call it? manicured rural environment. He's got a guitar with with what looks like a muffler or something on it, like an acoustic with like a fender or something like in the over the circle part. Rich man north of Richmond by. Um, Oliver Anthony? Is that his name? Oliver Anthony? Bueller? Bueller. Honestly, Bueller. Bueller? Bueller. Bueller. Oliver Anthony. Richmond, north of Richmond. The BBC has written an article called The Hit Song That Has Divided the U.S., Slate Magazine calls it an overnight sensation. New York Magazine says Oliver Anthony and the incoherence of right-wing populism. So, Oliver Anthony. Now, maybe you're wondering who that it, who that be? <laughs> well, it's um, some of the things people are also asking on Google are, what is the deal with Oliver Anthony? Does Oliver Anthony have a record deal? Not the same as what is his deal. Where was Oliver Anthony born? Farmville, Virginia. The charming town of Farmville, Virginia. 31 years old. Here's what happened to this bastard. I mean, why am I calling him? He's not a bastard. I worked multiple plant jobs in Western North Carolina, my last being at the paper mill in McDowell County. I worked third shift six days a week for fourteen fifty an hour in a living hell. In 2013, I had a bad fall at work and fractured my skull when he was 21 years old. But he's not just a factory worker who fractured his skull one time. He has a song called Richmond North of Richmond, which everyone is talking about. And I tried to sort out myself. Listen to it a couple. Because, you know, everyone was talking about some um, R.M. Brown, who I've been following for a while, and who I think is a very funny and good YouTube commentator. I just wish he'd followed up when he said that he would go on the podcast ages ago. 
I'm one of your day ones, R.M. Brown. But that's my own beef. R.M. Brown. R.M. Brown. I was watching a video of yours the other day, and my girlfriend said, Oh, what, do you like to watch? You only like watch videos of guys who look like you. So thanks, R.M. Very funny political YouTuber. R.M. Brown. Smart, too. Anyway. R.M. Brown is showing rich men north of Richmond. And I'm like watching it. And okay. Like I said, it's a video. It seems like it's a very staged situation. There's like dogs sitting around. It's supposed to look super rural. Probably very easy when you live in oh, Virginia. Um, or anywhere where there's woods, really. And he starts singing. It's honestly pretty good song first verse very general I've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away anyway as it goes on it gets more and more like they're trying to control you they want to control me people are on welfare and they shouldn't be on welfare and it just becomes kind of like just a guy grumbling at the end of a bar and of course weird kind of grifty right wingy types are uh saying it's a huge protest song and like yeah maybe it is it's representative of how people are like dumb and frustrated (laughs) through no fault of their own on both cases And I only call people dumb because, like, it's like, this guy's not dumb. Oliver Anthony, I'm fine with this guy. He seems like he's got his own issues. I hope that all of this attention that is being brought his way does not um, cause a slide. But the fact is, it probably, it very well could. He is, he is dealing with some people with, what would you call it, an agenda who are trying to make him popular. Meanwhile, he's just trying to do, he's basically doing, you know, outsider music. And I don't mean that like as a compliment. I mean it just as a statement. This guy's doing like Daniel Johnson, Wesley Willis kind of music. But because... In that, it stumbles into some catchy shit. And there's a lot of sincerity. But it's not necessarily tethered to any kind of plan, any kind of specific message. The guy is just living the life that's in his brain and putting it to you. And people are like, man, he's really voicing everyone's suspicions. Or suspicions and fears and stuff. No, he's voicing what happens when you fucking work a bunch of horrible jobs and you fracture your skull at age 21. And you got to deal with that. His songs are all like, I need to get sober. I'm in trouble. I don't think he has a song called I'm in trouble. 
Anyway, I wish him the best, and I hope he completely divests from the horrible people who are trying to uh, uh, use this weird combination of new country and kind of David Allen Coe, Johnny Paycheck shit he's doing in order to make everyone further angry at each other. And you're probably hearing this. Some of you are hearing this like, well, you're making me angry. Maybe I am. But am I convincing you of anything? No, I'm not. That is my guarantee as a podcast host. My specific style cannot convince you. I'm merely tolerated by the listener. Nah. Speaking of, shoot me some cash, okay? Patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. If you enjoy this, feel free to throw a few pounds of flesh my way. Metaphorically only. Thank you very much. I don't want to sound like I'm defending this guy too hard. And that's not because I'm uh, afraid. But, uh... I think there's a 90% chance he has some uh, troubled views that I may have problems with. And that although I think that's a decent song, all things considered, um, sung very sincerely and with power, um, I don't need it. I'm not going to fight hard for it. We're not talking Sun Ra level transcendence or Jimmy Rogers is singing breaksman. Not, it's not good like that. There's something weird about it, the whole thing. So that's my take on Rich Men North of Rich, rich Men North of Richmond. Hate saying the name. <laughs> Rich men north of Richmond. Maybe just come up with a different name for it. Change the lyrics so they're about how everybody likes food. Everyone's got to be mean now. There's a reason. Don't you miss when roasts were just something Dean Martin did to very famous people? Now it's like everyone's in danger of getting roasted at all times. You're listening to this, you know, Richmond North of Richmond song. Suddenly people are making fun of you because you buy fudge rounds. It's one of the lyrics in the second verse. He talks about people on welfare buying fudge or something with their money. Very weird song. Wesley Willis-esque. I did, uh, I will recommend to you, if you get a chance, see uh, Connor O'Malley. I went up going with my buddy last week to see uh, Connor O'Malley. Shout out to my friend Jacob and to Mark and to Greg for helping me sort out a situation that allowed for me to see the show with my friend. Read between the lines, friends. Read between the lines. You know what happened. I saw the show. Connor O'Malley, that's what I saw. I almost forgot. Really good. I didn't really know his work that well. Like, I knew his videos. I knew his vibe. I 
Love that sketch you did on season one of I Think You Should Leave. Honk if you're horny, if you've seen that. It's so hilarious. He's so funny. He's really good. Because he's not like a huge dude. But he's amazing at playing like a man who has Anthony Robbins style energy and is muscular and (laughs) enthusiastic. And he's really good at sort of playing a 21st century person who doesn't even know if he's a huckster. Like, he cannot tell if he is trying to get money from you. This character that Conor O'Malley sort of plays, and especially played at this show. A man filled with enthusiasm who wants you to feel as good as he does. But does he feel good, and does he know what he actually wants you to have? Does he, I can't explain it that well, but guy talked for over an hour with a lot of energy, great videos. Connor Melly, go see it. I, th- I saw Barbie as well. I might have to put a pin in Barbie. Maybe I'll talk to somebody about Barbie. Have you seen Barbie? Let me know what you think of Barbie. Weekly podcast at gmail.com. I had avoided Barbie. I'd said I don't really want anything to do with this conversation. I don't have kids to take to see Barbie, which would if I had that I'd go have gone to Barbie ASAP. But I have the kids. Kind of felt like going to like watching that show Euphoria. Like, is this for me? And if I go see it, will I be arrested for somehow? Uh, I went and saw Barbie. Did a show last Sunday. Got into conversation with the audience and was sort of. Someone asked me, "Had I seen Barbie?" I said, "No." And people were just saying they liked it. Uh, you know. Well, go on the cheap day. Let's see Barbie. So you know me. Hopped on the bike. No, I didn't. Took transit. I was too scared to bike. Scary to bike in the city. I still do it, but didn't want to do it that day. So remember that part of this story. It's very important. Didn't bike. Get there. Popcorn. Drop the M&Ms in the popcorn. Chocolatey surprise as you're digging as you're digging through the treats. That's a must. Lightly populated theater, also a must. And it was good. I liked it. It was funny. I have no idea what it was particularly trying to say. That's good. That's fine. Um what did you think? Oh, I'm still formulating exact thoughts, but I don't know if there's actually that much to say about Barbie. It's fine. Because then I saw another movie called The Beasts. It's almost like a Jean de Florette, if you know that movie reference, or a Straw Dogs kind of film. It's a Spanish movie starring a, a, a French couple. Two French actors as well as uh, Spanish actors because it's set in uh, the province of Galicia. And it's about 
a couple that uh, lives in a small kind of farming village and uh, has a bad experience with a pair of their neighbors. And um, that one was really well done. Beautifully shot. Kind of scary. Really good. Long. 137 minutes. But it never felt long. So I'll give it to you. The Beasts. If you have to choose between The Beasts and Barbie... What movie theater are you looking at, man? Because those are two movies that you wouldn't normally see them play together. The Beasts. It, it has less commerce. Com- it has less advertisement in it. Really depends on your mood. But yes, Barbie was fun. I saw it. And the Beasts was crazy. And that was nice. And then the rest of my time in the last week has just been the usual kind of working and smirk, working and smirking, friends. Just working and smirking and wearing Americans. And my YouTube just gets more and more nostalgia based. It's horrendous. This wrestling thing feels like end game for me. Just being fed wrestling, old wrestling story after old wrestling story. Facebook, which I've, speaking of retro, fully back embracing Facebook. Why not? Groups, which is, it's the worst time for me to be on Facebook. I should be full on boycotting Facebook. Because if you didn't know, Facebook has banned Canadian news. We can't get shared news webs like Canadian news websites or I can't even remember if it's all news websites but definitely Canadian Canadian websites are not allowed on Facebook or Instagram now because of some um, policy the Canadian government wanted Facebook to abide by like paying out fees to be distributed among media companies to reflect royalties based on their um, articles being shared on Facebook and Meta. So, Zuck, Bark Zuckerberg, Zark Buckerberg, he goes, you know what, we're just not going to let Canadians see news. And that's been the case for two weeks now. So now when there's emergencies like the many fires all the way to Nunavut or no, Yellowknife and uh, in in British Columbia right now. Uh, there's like news updates about that. Nah, can't see it. Sorry, can't see it. So uh, next time you think about how shit Elon is, also the other guy is very bad. At least Elon Musk, it's kind of like watching a. Um, Kanye West or something, dude. You're just kind of gasping and going, does this person know, like, what's going on? Are they intentionally being, trying to ruin a bunch of things? Or what's the plan here? Whereas with Mark Zuckerberg, it's just like, he will do a very, uh, 
straight up immoral thing and stand by it as some sort of large scale policy move. Whereas with Elon Musk, you really feel he's got that ego thing where he's just kind of like, I'm a genius and uh, this is a great idea. So I'm on Facebook and I'm getting shown Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles backpacks and oh, Family Matters clips on YouTubes. And it's like, what am I? I can't get younger just if I look at things from my past. That's not how it works. Is that what I think is happening? Let me tell you, I'm, speaking of getting younger, I'm at my mom's house right now, just like I was when I was 13 years old. Except then it was my mom and dad's house. But now my mom has sole ownership. And the cat Manny is here, and he is really stretching himself out and just having the best time, and it's really making me feel good just looking at it, him. But with Paul Rubens dying, and then even... Uh, Sinead O'Connor reactivating a lot of childhood memories of like her popularity, her controversy. I'm like fully tumbling back into the late 80s and early 1990s. And I don't like it because food wasn't as good then. Everyone was into sprouts. That was the only kind of healthy snack. Sprouts. Nobody's eating sprouts now. Sprouts are have the most bacteria. Of all of the green treats. Member berries might have omega see omega three? Omega three. So that's probably good for you. I did have one of my member berries, uh and if you know the member berries, it's from South Park. Watch the episode, it's good. Um but one of my childhood favorite movies is has some context now that's kind of wrecked it. Sort of like when you watch wrestling, if you're a wrestling fan, and Chris Benoit was always everyone's favorite wrestler, and then he killed himself, his son and his wife, and then that sort of made everything he did ruined. And then this version of that is the movie Good Burger. Good Burger... How much did I love it so very much? Three, I saw it three times in the theater, and it was only in the theater for two weeks. I did the same thing with Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald. With Dave and Andrew. Look them up. I went with them to both of those films. So... Good Burger... Totally insane film. Of course, Keenan Thompson went on to fame with Saturday Night Live. Kel, his partner, starred Keenan and Kel, who had a popular Nickelodeon show, Good Burger. But Abe Vigoda's in it, always good for a laugh. But what I hadn't remembered was the sheer involvement that Dan Schneider had in the show. Who's Dan Schneider? Some of you are listening and going, ah, yes, I pay too much attention to things. I know who Dan Schneider is. And some of you are like, I don't know. Dan Schneider was first came to fame on Head of the Class. He was the sort of heavy set student in Head of the Class. 
starring Howard Hessman. Don't act like I'm the only one who saw that. George Carlin also was the on it for a season as a teacher. Head of the class, folks. That's where Dan Schneider got his start. Then he got into kids' television, and he had a big hand in an entire generation of Nickelodeon programming. He created iCarly. Um, the Amanda Show with Amanda Bynes. Similar things to that. I don't know if he did like the Naked Brothers or all that kind of weird shit. But I guess he also had a hand in Keenan and Tickell, and I hadn't realized that. But when I looked at the Good Burger credits, he did. I knew he starred in it, or I kind of vaguely remembered he, he has a role in it. He also co-wrote it. And Dan Schneider is... Uh, a lot of people seem to think he's got a weird obsession with feet. He did a lot of foot-related content for his live-action tween shows. Really made people like Miley Cyrus show their feet a lot, and Amanda Bynes show their feet a lot, and do weird things with their feet. Talk about how smelly their feet were, smell each other's feet. Somewhat disconcerting. <laughs> And I'm no prude. <laughs> Similarly, I have no pride. But I was all about this guy giving me the willies. And I don't mean Willie from Alf. Another nostalgia reference. So I'm watching Good Burger and I can't get past a few minutes of Dan Schneider because all I'm thinking about is the foot rumors. Thanks, Internet. You ruined Good Burger for me. I hope you're happy. But you know, if you help me break the spell of nostalgia, you've done me a favor. And with that in mind, I'm going to remain in the present. I'm going to press stop. I'm going to beg you to enjoy the rest of your day or night. Get a lot of sleep. Pray for more energy. Let me know if you find any good deals. Talk to you soon. Thanks.